What's going on, everybody? Another episode of Verbal Garbage coming at you hot and live. Fresh off a little burp from that buffalo chicken sandwich. And uh, I got to say, for those of you out there struggling with the lunch every day, you know, you're getting in a little a monotonous stretch and you're kind of getting sick of something. I've been eating these buffalo chicken sandwiches, boar's head to be exact, for better part of two years, three years now. And I just, I don't get sick of it. And, you know, I really... I really make them special, but so it's, it's a real issue when people go to work every day and they're they're not sure what they're gonna bring or you know if you want to buy lunch every single day, which I know a lot of people do that. But if you're like me and you're on the road, you're mobile, you're moving all the time. I think it's kind of essential to have your own little your little lunchbox that I still get made fun of for this day for bringing around because you know I don't just have lunch in there. I got breakfast. I got dessert. I got pens, I got Neosporin, I got chapstick, I got gum, I got coins, I got cash, I got cards. I'm just prepared, you know, and these people that go around every day asking for this, asking for that, and they don't have stuff on them, like, shame, shame, shame on you. So while we're on work, we might as well stick with one recent little development that's been sprouting. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, when the ears push down with the hat, makes the cauliflower ears sprout a little bit more and one of my highlights of life to this day is having my car valet during my sister's wedding and having a, a valet driver asking me, yo, bro, do you train MMA? Your ear looks a little, and boy, did I just, uh, just made my day, you know? So, you know, we talked at length and at nauseum about me going around trying to collect payments after you sell stuff. Cause in the street terms, I'm, I'm essentially a drug dealer fronting, fronting drugs and then trying to collect on that weeks and weeks in advance. So I get tools, I give tools out for, you know, a portion of the cost. And then I got to go each week and try to collect that cash. So it's not for the faint of heart. Right. And, um, certainly presents us up as ups and downs every week. So you're going to have people don't like you. You're going to have people that lie to you. You're going to have just a little bit of everything. So, um, let me go on a quick pause break. So we had a field, a phone call from my elusive father who, just flew into town for the weekend because he's staying with my sister in Virginia and he's notorious for going around doing crazy tasks and errands and sweating to the bone and not answering his phone. So, yeah. So like I said, the, the job you're going around collecting and then there's like, you know, things you sell just straight up on the truck. And then there's things that snap on credit gets involved with where you can have people finance and pay interest and go through the credit department and, you know, do a three or four year credit contract if you buy a toolbox or something that's a little bit harder for, you know, my boss to just go out and finance on the street. So we're doing that. And as you can imagine, there's some some big bills out there and some people that bite off a little bit more than they can chew. And unfortunately, I've had to get tangled up in these little webs recently. And so what the story is, is like there will be guys working out at another shop in another part of town. And then they'll switch jobs, <clears throat> like so many of them do, and switch a shop. And then, you know, we we our trucks are assigned by routes. So if he's out of my territory, then I transfer to another dealer in town. So, you know, like there's Fort Myers and Nape, like in New Jersey would be like, you know, one guy would do Cherry Hill, but only one part of Cherry Hill. And then another guy would have Cherry Hill North or Cherry Hill East, whatever. And then someone would have Runnymede and Haddonfield and all that kind of stuff. So... 
you know, we're constantly getting guys that switch shops, like I said, and they get transferred over to me. So the, the best part about this is now that I still work for the company. I still got to go out and try to collect this money, but it's stuff that I've never sold. I don't have any stake in it. I'm not a part of it. I didn't make the deal. I wasn't on the contract, didn't sign. But like I said, I work for the company, so I still have to collect on it. So as you can imagine, there's less than savory characters who are not exactly willing to give up their, their hard-earned cheddar, especially in this this economy right now, but still got to go up. So one guy who I've been pretty friendly with over the months, he's definitely uh bit off a little bit more than he could chew. He's having trouble. You know, we every week, every month, paying on it. And, uh, you know, Snap-On's been talking to me about repossessing stuff because once someone gets so far past due with their money, you kind of go in there and whether it be a toolbox or tools in the toolbox or a combination of both, you kind of have to go and get what's deemed like a fair market value for the tools and try to collect it. And some are agreed upon, some not so much. And... This prospective one that I've been told about, not really going to go about down very easily. So, you know, I told the guy, hey, man, you've really got to do your best over the next couple of weeks because by the end of the month, if I don't see that that nut that I'm trying to get, then uh, we're going to have to talk repossessing. And he just smiled and casually lifted up his shirt and just showed me his his little piece on his hip and just said, good luck. And now, granted, he was smiling. He was laughing. But. I always say people that have nothing to lose are the people to be the most afraid of. And uh, my boy's just, he's right on the cusp of having nothing to lose. So as you can imagine, I was a little, a little nervous and a little, a little skeptical about engaging in any of this stuff. So I spoke up my, my feelings and kind of made it known that I wasn't really trying to be a part of that. And, you know, we, we just talked about, the characters that I got to chase down. Well, uh, <laughs> do I have some interesting stuff for you guys? Uh, one of my customers is actually in the news and we joked about it last week, seeing uh, a guy who looked like one of my potential customers, but, uh, you know, we had a guy who's, I, I don't think he's going to listen to the podcast. So I think we should be good, but, um, let's do the old screen share. So I'm gonna I won't say the name, but uh I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be quite evident when we do it. Who's who? And you know, I've been having issues with this laptop lately where it's just such a piece of dog junk and trying my video is all foxed up right now and I'm trying to fix this because All right, so after some technical difficulties, we might be back, and this episode might be doomed, but that'd be a real shame. So like I said, uh, we're going to try to screen share again, and we're going to show you another one of my customers, and I'll try not to say his name, but you know what? No, I will. So uh, short story on this guy is, you know, he 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 wanted to dance with the devil, and I'm still having these freaking screen issues with my fucking Zoom. It's... All right, we're just going to go. All right, so to kind of give you the background on this guy, he he came into a shop that has a, a very high turnover rate. So a lot of guys will go in there for a few weeks, kind of quit, feel it, you know, just not feeling it. So this guy was there, and right away, you know, we 
we bonded. He just seemed like a cool dude. And I'm always saying, you know, I got a really good judge of character and I sell to the good people. And <laughs> well, we're all entitled to our mistakes. And I, I might just have a few more than you guys recently as far as character judgment. Um, I haven't quite been batting as high as I would like to as far as the percentage. So this gentleman has me duped. Um, working there for a few months, racking up quite a bill. Mysteriously, not there anymore. You know, texting him. He's got an injury. He's this. He's, he's sick for three to four weeks. Then it turns into an injury. And he's the one calling me. So naturally, you have a good feel about it. You know, you're like, all right, he's making contact. He he has every right to make good on this payment. Um, not so much. He's been dodging me recently. We've been going back and forth. And nothing. Ringing me around the rosy. Well, when I show up to his his former place of work the other day, I went up to the one of the guys and I was like, man, I just can't believe it, dude. That guy seemed like a really good dude. I can't believe he tricked me. And he just laughed and said, good dude, huh? Proceeds to pull up his phone with an article. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the article that we're looking at right now. Puna Gorda, Florida. Shoddy work. Incomplete homes. And broken promises. That's what people have spoken to Fox 4's Rachel Lloyd for months say they've gotten from Mark Southwick, the man behind Rhino Custom Homes. Also, a customer of Frank Bites, who he owes roughly $1,348.91. But who's who's keeping track of that, right? <laughs> Me! Well, Mark, um, you know, you, you've been playing games and... I'm not airing your laundry. This is public information. And uh, it's just sad because I watch a lot of American Greed and you see all these kind of stories of people getting duped for this, duped for that. And you just, you don't want to think it's real. So he was uh, he was formally charged by Charlotte County Construction Industry Licensing Board the other day. And uh, Thursday night, he spoke at a hearing to determine his future as a contractor in the area. So he was a contractor at one point in time. It clearly went south. Rhinos migrate south. And um and then he went into the mechanical field, you know, it was getting too big, too fast. I went from small to 75 with houses a year. So we went from small, which is not a number to 75 with houses a year. I, I couldn't do it. Said Southwick. Southwick also put a hole, a lot to blame on his former business partner. on the fact that his contractor's license was suspended for two months in 2019. Since I got my license back, Oh, littered with typos. I met with Aaron and I'm paying liens. I'm getting houses done. I got rid of my partner. I closed my offices. So it's like, who do you believe? You know, I've known this guy for a few months. He seemed like a decent dude, but clearly, you know, he's going around. He's he's promising people construction renovation. And I'm this is real, guys. This is one of my customers I was talking to, you know, once a week for a pretty good period of time. And you know, we're putting quotes together, we're putting orders together, we're really, you know, we're getting excited about the commission check, and then, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of angry customers out there. This woman was on quote saying, I'm one of the lucky ones. I only gave a $5,000 deposit, which I guess is nothing in comparison to some of these other people who, uh, you know, were planning on, you know, having the retirement homes worked out and worked up into beautiful shape and we got Mr. Rhino here, just empty promises. Um, they The board voted to suspend his ability to pick up any new building permits until he finishes the existing properties he's working on and pays the small $110,000 in liens that he owes. So 
you think there's any way before we get, you know, on books for the 110 marquee, we can uh, just take care of that a little 1100 and uh, potentially could be a little bit less come this week because uh, you left your toolbox open. And I saw a few of my tools in there, so I think I'm going to grab those on Thursday and kind of start getting back what's mine a little bit at a time, but we're not looking so pretty. And, you know, we've got guys that just, you know, they flake, they stop answering and, Big, big learning part of this job is like letting people get away with a little bit more than they should in the beginning, you know, where a couple of the guys out there that owe me a good amount of money, it's it's a little bit more than I feel comfortable disclosing, but it's not for lack of effort and it was all good intentions. So uh, tip of the hat to that one to myself in my younger days for being an idiot and still being a dope to this day. So yeah, it's just a, you know, another depressing story where one of my customers just not only is cheating me, but he's cheating some more people. So <sighs> what are you going to do, man? You know, you just, you go out there, you have good intentions. You try to sell to everyone you can. You try to make it, you know, an honest effort. And you try to, in my case, you know, very expensive tools, try to be able to help people afford them a little bit easier with, you know, lesser on the down payment, lesser downly payment or lesser weekly payment on top of that. So just trying to make it right. But um, these next couple uh topics and stories, you know, just real quick too. this morning I was driving, you know, I always take the little Kia and then after get to the, the destination, we swap the Kia out for the sweet little snap on truck and we start driving. And this morning, I had a squirrel darting across the road and kind of halfway through, not really sure what he wanted to do and not really super sold on it. So he stopped, he weaved, he went back and this was all while a giant truck was coming at him hot. And I, I didn't have time, you know, to really think. And back in New Jersey, like when you see a squirrel like that, you literally, at least me, like we go out of our way to hit these squirrels and, you know, we grew up as we've covered at length on this podcast. Um, my dad and squirrels did not quite see eye to eye on most things. And uh in turn he, he raised two snipers. Uh me and the boy would be me and the brother boy would be out back just waiting our turn for our fresh prey and it's just insane to think of all the squirrel bodies that we've we've ran through in our lives that I've never even tasted squirrel. You know, my grandfather used to Dice them up and eat them a little bit, but just wasn't really on Fred's delicatessen list. So I don't know. I was just really brought to thinking about the delicacy of life of a squirrel in Florida versus the ones in New Jersey where, like I said, frying pans, guns, whatever we had, we would use to eliminate them. My dad was just a, a jack of all trades when it came to the squirrel elimination program. Um, like I said, there was one time where there was one in our kitchen and the family was terrified and he grabbed a cast iron skill and made a sweet pancake out of that squirrel. And I remember a couple times, like he would go out hunting with friends on vacation and we would be home, me and my brother, my sister, my mom, and truly quite helpless. Um, back in the day, you know, alpha male Kurt wasn't really what you guys know him as today as this giant hulking figure, but he was more of a, I'm not going to say he was scared of squirrels, but he wasn't like fearless like he is now of all reptilia and animalia. Um, I remember specifically 
one time a squirrel got into our house and ran across my mom's head, like got into a room and ran across her head. I'm not exaggerating. And I still remember this day, like my brother was so cute. He offered to sleep with my mom and kind of give her a little bit of protection, but he mandated that he has to wear a helmet while he's, while he's on duty, you know, just in case the squirrel, you know, nowadays to think of him wearing a helmet, doing any activity would just be ludicrous. And, you know, big men are tough and scary and everybody needs provider and protector, but there's also got to be a little dork in the equation, which I guess that kind of segues into this next thing. And uh, if you guys want to judge me and think what you want of this story, you think what you want, but I thought it was, it was worth bringing up and kind of talking about. So, you know, Friday I get done work early, my brother's off and we, we just, we decide golf is in the cards, right? And the the universe, the way it works is just, it's beyond me. So, you know, like we're, I'm getting held up. I thought I was going to be done much earlier. I ended up getting done a little bit later than I thought. Still an early day because like I said, Fridays are my early days. And even like today, I started, took a couple of my Friday stops and moved them on to Monday. It's been, been tinkering with that for a while and it's official now, so you know, just four four nice long days and then one really short half day I think is is doable, especially since the people who have done this route before have said they do it in four days. So I do four and then go down the beach, deal with all that shit, you know, and whatever. But so um we're golfing, right? And you gotta do a tea time. I sign up, I get the last cart, they give me a tea time of I think one thirty six. And my brother shows up like right around time. So I got the cart. I paid for everything, by the way, just <laughs> provider, you know, I might not protect, but I provide. <laughs> but, um, so they, you know, we got the tea time. There's, there's a twosome right in front of us, a twosome or a foursome right behind us. And even the guy from Massachusetts asked me like, so what's the deal? Are you playing with them? Or I was like, no, my tea time is this. And he's like, what did I do? Two times, two minutes apart here. So we had one thirty four i think people before us at 132 we had 136 whatever the case may be like i know me and my brother are beginners we stink i'm not hugely keen on the fact that you know you got at least five people watching you especially on the opening tee when just come off my work truck didn't get to go to the range so i didn't have any practice swings haven't played in two weeks so we're just we got the cobwebs right and you know, the couple behind me, they're just, they're chilling, they're smoking stogies, they're smoking ciggies, we're just talking sports, having fun, and, you know, the couple in front of us has a Bengals bag, and naturally, just when I'm out, you know, I'm just always trying to make people laugh, I say it all the time, whether it be at work, out doing fun shit, whatever it is, uh, jiu-jitsu, like, I'm always trying to be the, the class clown, if you will, all right, so, there's a twosome playing ahead of us, me and my brother, my brother and I are getting ready to tee off, and you know, they just, they ask, like, as Tina, hey, you guys just want to play with us? And I, I said, sure, because every time I end up going golfing, I usually end up playing, you know, like, there's been two times where I've played with a random solo who's joined me and a friend. And then there's times where I've gotten couples to join. And I don't know, I just think the more people, like, it's just more fun and you get to have have a real good time. And like I said, we're, we're really out here bearing our soul to the, to the people of Verbal Garbage listening, so easy on the judgment here but so just just imagine the scenario right okay hold on everybody another pause
So officially, every single member of my family has called me during this recording. My immediate family has called me during this recording of this podcast. So sorry, but I feel like these are signs to say stop the recording and don't go any further. But God damn it, we're going. So just let me paint the scenario for you guys and you guys can kind of give me your thoughts and opinions. But I'm going to go. So like I said, we're playing with the twosome in front of us. Happens to be a male and a woman. Um, You know how it is. Me, Kurt and I are playing. We're in the cart together. We can literally just play with these people and I can just keep myself entertained by inner dialogue and my crazy autistic brain or just talking to Kurt the whole time. Uh, you know, I'm kind of keeping myself, but you know, if I see a good shot, I'll, I'll shout somebody out. Like I'm just all about the good vibes and the peace and the harmony. So, you know, we get, we're playing the first hole and some, some banter, some dialogue and just for clarity and some clarification here, the twosome is made up of a male and a woman. Um, you know, we get to the second hole and the girl comes up, started asking my name, asked my brother's name, asked where we're from, where we live, all that kind of stuff. Just basic, friendly conversation, just as I would do if I were the one engaging. Um, you know, but then I got to ask, like, yeah, well, where do you live here year round? And, yeah, she does. Well, what about you? So the guy, no, I actually live in Chicago. I just got on a plane today. Okay. I'm just remarking on how amazing it must be to get off a plane and be playing golf a couple hours later and not quite sure why he doesn't live here or why he's here, if it's a brother or what have you, but you know, and it's, it's very clear to the listeners for anyone who knows me. I have, I won't even call it zero game. I have like negative game. Uh, and when you're related to a stallion, like buck alpha buck, Mr. Kurt, who's just, strapping you know he's got the looks he's got the the physique he's got the cool calm collective demeanor you know i'm just i don't have it um not to mention you know if i'm golfing i'm trying to impress not on the golf course i'm not gonna impress anyone right so just playing like this this game of golf ends up lasting four and a half some hours because we're just casual we're having fun we're not going at a pace like usually when i'm playing i'm trying to get get not get done quick but play through it pretty quickly because just it's long it's tiring it's frustrating so just constantly you know coming up to me asking me questions asking me this asking me that i'm obviously slinging just every kind of quip and joke you could imagine and the vibes are just unmatched off the charts the humor is just clicking and i just you know i really was telling people and at the end of it you know there was there was no like intimacy between the two they were barely talking but this is where i feel like you got to step outside your comfort zone and ask these hard questions you know as a as a podcaster who's looking to get guests back on i i need to learn to ask the pressing questions and I don't know if it was just me being a giant pussy or if I was just being respectful or if I'm just saying using the respect thing as a, as a mask for my pussinessness and just not being able to make the move and approach, you know, because the whole time I'll just be back there and watching me, making me go asking me what, and I know it's like the littlest things. And that's why I'm prefacing by saying I have no game. It's not like she's, you know, cop and feels and whatnot, but, I feel like there were enough signs and hints dropped that if nothing else, this, this gentleman might not have been a significant other. Right. So yeah, just at one point, you know, she even asked what's my last name start with. And I told her, and then she asked what my last name was. And I offered saying, I bet if you can spell my name, right, I'll give you a hundred bucks in cash. And 
I only said that because I knew I had a hundred dollar bill in my bag for my brother. Um, she proceeds to spell the last name correctly. And I, <laughs> I say, no, I'm sorry. It's with an S not a Z. So maybe right away. She was like, that's it. It's a red flag. I'm done with this bozo, but I don't know. I feel like I had every opportunity to, uh, to let it be known that I was there for one thing and one thing only. And I didn't do it. And this is where technology is crazy because there's a little app on uh, my phone when you're playing, playing golf, the 18 birdies app where you can, you know, chart your scores and find people you were playing with and whatnot. And did I like go on El Rio and try to look for the history? Yeah, I did. Did I find her male counterpart? Yes, I did. <laughs> now, do I message said guy asking for her phone number? <laughs> My thought is like, if it's her husband, he just tells me to fuck off and or just doesn't respond. And maybe it's a brother or a friend and they thought highly of me. They were laughing at some, you know, and maybe that's, you know, he thinks that is like, wow, yeah, she's actually been looking for you. Here it is. Now, the chances of that, I understand, are 0.001, but kind of running it by you guys because I want to make sure. I mean, even if it is top-notch Creepzilla, like, can I get away with doing it? I mean, it's an innocent gesture. It was, I feel like the banter and the chemistry were, uh, it's not like I have a large sample size here, but I feel like they were pretty, 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 pretty good. Um. So for the listeners, for the close friends out there, just shoot me a message and tell me what you think, please. I really got to know. Um, I need friends' feedback more than ever because I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Girl who's living in Florida year-round, doesn't have many friends, you know, likes golfing, but is always golfing alone. You know, there's just there's enough signs at this point to, to really pique my curiosity, and I feel like I might have to make some kind of move and – Maybe it's weird, maybe it's creepy, but it's just the I've talked to you guys about it before. I'm like a fucking dog. We're an open book on here, and the online dating is just it's a cesspool. Um, I, I do it just for like a, I feel like it's almost a serotonin ping at this point where I just get a little high off of like swiping left or right and knowing no one's gonna match with me. And the the thing I just find funny and ironic is just. The, the, these profiles guys and these these bios like i can't tell you how many times if you have anything to do with trump swipe left fuck you and i'm just like damn <laughs> just because i voted for a fucking goofy ass dude a reality star for a president i'm just i'm eliminated right away well good thing you're 350 pounds and have blue hair because i'm not exactly interested but i don't know i would never put my bio like libs left like Anybody, and I'm open-minded, I have a bunch of good friends that are on the left side of the, the political spectrum, and who gives a shit? I mean, you vote one way, that's a a right that we have in this country to go out and vote for who we want to vote for and keep our democracy strong, albeit uh, a little compromised right now, but it's all good. And um, I don't know, there's just, there's just so much going through my head, and work's been a little while lately, we've been dealing with some junk. Um the end light is at the end of the tunnel. I know my boss is working hard to get out of that. Uh, 
parents' house is is coming along quite swimmingly. Got most of the tiling, the drywalling done, starting to paint soon. Um, you know, one thing I will cover is the Sixers have been, you know, on quite a swing over these last 30-some games, two, three months. But, you know, on one hand, I feel like is the best squad they've put together since, you know, I just talked about that Philly heartbreak episode a couple of weeks ago. And I think it was – seems so long ago now. I don't even – I was going to say 27, no way. Like the 2019, whatever season it was, when they had Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and J.J. Redick. Like they just had a – that was, I thought, one of their best squads in a long time. And I truly think this team they have right now, despite some some really troubling issues, uh, Doc Rivers, team speed, a reliable bench. I mean, there's just so many little things. And – you know, the Celtics game the other night was – God fucking damn it. Shut up! Celtics game the other night was really interesting because Sixers were playing well all game, I thought. Um, team speed definitely looked off, but Embiid was on fire. You know, they – just such a tough loss. But where I get a little concerned is Tatum and Brown didn't really do that much other than Tatum hitting a ridiculous game-winning shot, but – I just struggle to think how we're going to end up getting past Milwaukee and Boston. Um, you know, a lot of chatter over the weekend was Joel Embiid is definitely better than Tatum. Okay, yeah, but first of all, are we sure? Um, I know Joel Embiid is like the most beloved Philly athlete right now for most people. Um, I don't know what it is, but I've never been able to fully quite get there. Uh, my take didn't age very well, but... You know, back when they were first first sprouting against each other, I was, you know, I got the Ben Simmons t-shirt. I was all team Ben Simmons over team Embiid. And, you know, that didn't age well, but you you, you take your losses when you have them and you, you roll with them. And, yeah, Ben Simmons ended up being god-awful. He's useless now. He's on the back of the bench. But, and Embiid is having arguably his best season. But there's just there's certain things when you watch them. You know, the cardio is always one thing. The sluggishness is just it's infectious. It's noticeable. It's evident when you watch him. Um, yeah, sometimes he's sick or whatever, but I, I don't know, man, there's just, I just don't ever feel confident in the Sixers winning a title with him being their number one guy. Um, listen, they've had plenty of opportunities over these 10 last 10 years during the process era where 10 years, is a little generous, let's call it six, seven years where they've been trying to, you know, intentionally be bad for all these years to get draft picks and stockpile. And what do they have to show for it? They have Joel Embiid, you know, an, an on-the-cusp MVP player year in and year out, despite some early season, I mean, early career struggles with injuries. I mean, we can go through the, the list of just how many picks they've blown. And the Mar- Markel Foles is the one that comes right to mind right away because they could have had Jason Tatum and they could have had Tatum and Embiid together. But instead they have this this wishy-washy assembly group of parts that do they mesh? I I guess. I mean, Harden looks good. He's distributing well, but I, I just, there's just something missing there. And I know I can't be alone in thinking that. And, you know, come playoff time, I'm going to be riding with the team. I'm going to be hoping for the best, but I'm just not sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm stealing a little bit of this take from Bill Simmons, but it's not entirely his. I mean, if you follow basketball, like I do, you're kind of aware that, Doc Rivers and player development is just, it's constantly an Achilles heel for him. And, you know, this team, we have 
Tyrese Maxey, who, I mean, just looked like he was just going to keep going up and up. And I don't know, man, we're, we're hitting the wall now and I'm just starting to get a little bit alarmed with him and his, his progression. And, and then we got Paul Reed, who I'm certain on any other team, he would have been a useful asset, six, seven, eighth, ninth guy playing valuable minutes for a playoff team. Uh, we just traded away Thibel, who I'm certain could have been developed. His his shot was getting better. His defense was incredible, extremely unique. You got a guy that can guard four positions easily, maybe five. Um, and then you get back a piece for Thibel, and you get Jalen McDaniel. And I, you know, he's playing important minutes here tonight, but I'm just not sure how long of a leash Doc's going to allow him and. You know, a couple little mistakes from a young kid. Are you just going to cut ties with them? And uh, it's just, it's extremely frustrating to see the amount of minutes he'll give to, you know, like DeAndre Jordan in years past. And, and there's just certain guys. And, you know, we had Andre Drummond and we traded him. He ended up being like a perfect backup for Embiid. And then we got Paul Reed, who just doesn't see enough time and doesn't get the minutes he needs to develop. And, it's just, it's just frustrating. The Sixers, out of all of these teams, you know, they've had the best chance to stockpile assets over these last six, seven, eight years, and they've done – the Flyers don't really even merit for this conversation right now, unfortunately, because they're just – they clearly don't care. Um, but, I mean, the Sixers almost seem like they've actively tried to fuck this up because to have this happen organically the way they have – it's been a disaster and I don't know how you could get much worse as far as bottoming them out, bottoming out for five years and then trying to contend for the last five years and just being, I mean, man, were we ever close? I mean, the Toronto year, people were going to say we were close. I don't know, man. I just don't know. So it's, it's frustrating time to be a Sixers fan. I'll, it's amazing that they're, they're just getting done a really good stretch and, I'm still so skeptical about him. And then, you know, Philly's, he had spring training just starting recently. And yeah, I mean, we had Cassianos hit a grand slam the other day. We're just, we're getting some guys playing earlier than I expected to be honest. So just something to watch, something to really looking forward to with the Philly season. I think they're going to be special this year. Getting back to the world series is a, a huge task and a huge challenge, but I feel like they've only upgraded, you know, getting Trey Turner where he got on the other day and he stole a base right away. Like, it's just very exciting to see what's going to happen with that. So, other than that, uh, I think I kind of cover what I want to cover for today. Um, appreciate you guys listening and tune in next time for another episode of Verbal Garbage. Peace.